This is the Educreators Podcast, and I'm your host, Corey Rausch. Educreators is all about highlighting the innovation that's taking place in and out of classrooms each and every day. I want to tell the stories of passionate educators and persistent learners. I want to promote the idea that your education is not limited to what you did until you turned 18 or graduated from college, but in fact, it should never stop. So many of the people who I want to talk to you about, teachers and leaders, are known for sacrificing so much for their students and, in turn, the future. In this episode, I'm going to tell you about Project Right Angle, a classroom project that took 13 middle school girls, gave them a challenge, and taught them more about themselves than anything else. Matt Brown was a 7th grade social studies teacher and a longtime coach of the boys' varsity soccer team at Philo High School in Philo, Ohio. In 2000, at the age of 16, he was diagnosed with cancer. Battling a disease so devastating at such a young age could be the reason that friends and family members have frequently referred to him as the toughest person they ever knew. This March, at the age of 32, Matt passed away, leaving an obvious void in the hearts of his students, his colleagues, his friends, and his family. But Project Right Angle started before Matt's passing. Last summer, in fact, at a 4th of July cookout. There, Matt spent some time with a good friend, Brandon German, a STEM teacher at Maysville Middle School in Zanesville, Ohio. Matt had been dealing with the more painful side effects of his radiation treatment and had nearly lost the use of his right arm. Rather than allow this to hinder him, Matt searched for an arm brace that could grant him the mobility he needed. The problem, however, was that existing arm braces were just too complex and required the use of levers and screws that were difficult to manipulate with muscles weakened by radiation. His challenge for Brandon was simple. Design a brace that eliminated some of those inconveniences and preserved his independence. And, when Brandon returned to start a new school year in September of 2015, he enlisted the help of 13 8th grade students and formed Project Right Angle to tackle Matt's problem. The 13 girls, some of which you will hear from in just a few minutes, were former STEM students of Brandon's that he trusted enough to ask them to volunteer for this task. They wouldn't be paid or given a grade, and much of the time they devoted to the project was on their own. For some students, this would be a deal-breaker, especially for those who had never even met Matt Brown or heard his story. Not these ones, though. When I spoke with them, I was immediately struck by the way they operated as a cohesive unit. It was clear that over the course of seven months, they had formed bonds with each other that will hopefully last a lifetime. For them, this wasn't a simple group project that brought together a jock and a cheerleader and a geek and the quiet kid for a few hours and would then be quickly forgotten. Some of them could finish each other's sentences, and a genuine appreciation for each other's individual talents and gifts was obvious to me, even though I'd only spent less than an hour talking to them. As we'll talk about in this conversation, the project, no matter what the outcome, is the perfect example of true and authentic education the sort of thing that every truly passionate educator sheds a tear over. I believe Matt knew exactly what he was doing when he asked Brandon to take on this challenge. He was a natural teacher and coach, praised for his ability to raise others up to a level that some people would be uncomfortable striving for, knowing that even with setbacks and failures, you'll always come away with something valuable. I want to jump into this right now because the rest of the story is best told by the people who experienced it. I'll be back after the interview with some quick footnotes. For now, let's meet the people responsible for Project Right Angle. 
Hi, my name is Brandon German. I'm a STEM teacher at Maysville Middle School. I'm Riley Butler. I'm an eighth grader at Maysville Middle School. I'm Donna Hamp. I'm an eighth grader at middle, Maysville Middle School. I'm Adelaide Pitcock, and I'm also an eighth grader at Maysville Middle School. I'm Hannah Ogilvy. I'm as well an eighth grader at Maysville Middle School. I'm Jet Hill, and I'm an eighth grader at Middle School. I'm Cassidy Rock, and I'm also an eighth grader at, Med- at Maysville Middle School. <laughs> I'm Kaylin Terrell, and I go to Maysville too. And we are here today to kind of talk about a project that um, you did. I, I think probably for the mo- most of those majority school. years, yeah, since um, September of fifteen. Okay. And it's, uh, it's kind of been dubbed uh, Project Right Angle. Um, but first, I kind of wanted to talk to uh, the students here. Uh, you're all eighth graders this year, but of course, um, you've, you've been taking some STEM classes and things uh, since the start of middle school, I think. Um, does anyone want to kind of talk just a little bit about um, kind of uh, what led maybe you personally to get into uh, the STEM classes here at Maysville? We started out in sixth grade. We all took like a generic class with a bunch of different kinds of STEM in it. And then once we're in seventh grade and eighth grade, we can choose what classes we take to do with STEM. Uh, I took like computer engineering classes, but there's health classes and robotics classes, and you can pretty much choose. That's new this year for eighth graders. Last year they didn't have the health or robotics. Okay. In seventh grade, you can choose from ec and no. Environmental. Environmental and like robotics. Last year, 7th graders had two choices, environmental engineering, which looks at alternative energies, um, and also a design and modeling class that kind of piggybacked off of their 6th grade year. Mm -hmm. And and how many of those classes do you, are you kind of uh, the instructor for? All of them? <laughs> yeah. Jack of all trades then, right? So so then you, you had these students then, 6th um, and 7th grade, yes. uh, prior to mm-hmm. kind of starting this project, and, uh, and they kind of called on them for their expertise? Well, the, the way they were selected was, as 8th graders, they are able, if they score high enough in the language areas, to take a foreign language at the high school. They all chose to take foreign language, so they did not have the ability to take the middle school STEM, pick through the list of who was available, and they all agreed. So. Could you tell us just a little bit, kind of, uh, the what led up to Project Right Angle, kind of your uh, relationship with Matt Brown, um, and I'll kind of let sure. you speak yeah. to that. I mean, I've known Matt for a long time. Um, our fathers worked together in the Maysville District, and we've known each other for a long time. So uh, last summer, the effects of the radiation from the treatments, his right arm was function was essentially zero, and obviously he knew I taught STEM, and he basically asked me what we could do for him as far as developing some sort of a brace that would allow him to have some more function with that arm, and that was in July of, of 2015, and of course I thought about it come back to school in August, talk to building administration, and they we developed a plan of people or kids we could ask to who might want to participate. And then from there in September, uh, I assembled a group that I picked. I didn't really think all of them would want to do it. Um, they did. They all came back the next day, and they haven't left since. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, that's that's kind of the genesis of it was. Matt knew 
he knew a long time before the treatment was ever, he, he ever had the treatment that his arm was going to be diminished in function. Uh, but it, I think the severity wasn't, he didn't know as much as he should have or could have. And, you know, he really wanted something to help him maintain his active lifestyle and to be as normal as possible. So that was, that was our goal starting off. What led him to uh, want you to design something rather than just kind of whatever is already kind of out there on the market? Were there unique challenges or, or unique things that he kind of wanted um, this, this brace to, to be able to he wanted it. He wanted it so it was, like, not invisible, but, like, so it was less noticeable. So you could fit it under a long sleeve shirt like you have on so people didn't stop and stare. And he pretty much wanted everything all at once. (laughs) Mostly to hold his baby boy, which is going to be bright. Okay. And he also gave us a list of, like, he liked to dig with a shovel and stuff, and a list of, we wrote it all down, what he exactly wanted to do. And we took all the measurements the first day we met him, so we could, like, start coming up with ideas for the next two weeks. Mm -hmm. He was very supportive of everything that Mm -hmm. we always did. But the reason... The real reason he wanted us or asked us to do this was because the dexterity of his left hand, uh, he, he didn't wasn't able to function a lot of the custom or the I shouldn't say custom, but the commercially available braces. They they were rather intricate, uh, so you had to hold two buttons and, and move. Or so the, our design was to be able to be essentially have one hand and use okay. it. Initially, we started off thinking we were going to design everything from the strapping to the metal bracing to the hinge, and then we, as we kind of got into it, we realized that we didn't need to reinvent all of it. We just needed to reinvent the part that he needed help with. So we got stuff from eBay and Amazon and, and hacked it apart, and that's where we that's where we started from. Like, what was the first big? hurdle that you ran into. What was the big, first big challenge? 3D printer. Oh, yes. that was yes. that was an awful printer. I mean, the old 3D printer is a dinosaur, and <laughs> you had to babysit it. Yeah. Or it would mess up. Mm. They would, like, the plate wouldn't move down far enough, or it would stay too, or it would, it would move down too far, so mm-hmm. piece wouldn't print right, so you had to babysit it. You can't leave it. Mm-mm. Because, again, a, a four-hour print can look good for the first two hours. <laughs> You walk away, it messes up, and you've, yeah. you've wasted material, you've wasted time. So these guys spend a lot of time uh, watching it. Yeah. Um, Lunches. Skipping classes. classes. Oh, yeah. Classes. classes. Which I'm sure was, you know, a real bummer, right? Yeah. Oh, we are so upset. Okay, so so the learning how to kind of deal with the, the printer and kind of those things was, was one hurdle. Was there anything else that kind of came up? Girls, um, girls' attitudes, because we are all girls and mm. know how that works. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> you have to that. How about that? But we, we're all pretty straightforward with our, each other, and sometimes we don't like each other. But <laughs> we got through it. Sometimes, other times we wanted to kill each other, but it's all right. <laughs> and we decided to split in different groups to calm the tension, mm-hmm. and it seemed to work. Well, and I have to imagine that the kind of drama that you are talking about with this project, very different from uh, what girls are probably normally fighting with each other about. I'm sure uh, 
you know, in, in a certain sense, it's probably good uh, from an educator's perspective to see some dissent um, for a purpose like this. Um, you know, you weren't arguing about a boy or, yeah, you know, or something. Like that. <laughs> but instead, uh, you know, arguing about uh, the right way to do a very important task. Just, um, yeah. We just wanted the best for him. Sure. Yeah, I guess in our life, we've always, like, cut everything handed to us, or we've, like, I've got everything right. Like, we haven't really had, like, any, like, huge failures. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We did on this. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, it yeah. wasn't completely a It wasn't a complete failure, but... Through the process, there were things that... We still uh, gain experience exactly. from it that we right. can use to, like, further ourselves in the future. And like I said, we, we really should even back up before the 3D printer because we spent a lot of time just brainstorming I ideas. Yeah. I mean, Donna brought in a bag full of used 22 shells and... <laughs> <laughs> she had made up a, a, a cardboard kind of a mock-up of an idea she had, and, and that that kind of springboarded us to uh, the current idea that we use to design um, the the brace or the hinge that we we printed, and they we were able to adapt to the brace. So I mean, the whole design process when you're looking at a blank canvas, and there's really yeah. nothing other than what's in your like I said, I'll never forget the day Jet and Riley and Donna were we were all kind of working together to come up with how are we going to draw because we know how to use 3D software 3D modeling mm-hmm. software uh, but again the things we're drawing are a little more intricate than mm-hmm. cubes and things we've drawn in the past so <clears throat> I, like I said I remember trying to draw it on the board to give them the idea of what I was thinking and Jet just looked at me like said, is it supposed to go through his arm? <laughs> and, and that, for me, was... Probably not. Was the, it was the click that made everything kind of come together, and that was really the starting point where we were able to draw some pretty good models and start printing things. Mm-hmm. But we probably didn't start printing until late October, early November. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we had a good solid 30 or 40 days of just working this through our heads trying to figure out the whole how it was going to work and that that was probably the first big hurdle as far as the hinge was designed um, if you guys want to talk about the strap the harness idea is that had several iterations that mm. started making the straps we ha- they had a design made but we are not like the most experienced in sewing mm-hmm. and since <laughs> We deci- we had to sew it by ourselves since we didn't have you know a lot of resources available to us. We decided to hand sew it, which took an incredibly long amount of time. It took like six hours for each prototype we had to sew. Well, six like to like ten, and like they spent like months sewing it in class, and then multiple people we had sewing on it. And then even after we finished a few of them, we realized that there's parts of it once we actually put it on them, it might have looked good on paper, but actually after you actually put it on a person, it might not really distribute the weight well, or it might not be shaped to them right, so then you have to remake it again. So we had some hurdles we had to overcome with that, too. Most of my sewing was bad. (laughs) My pieces were put on backwards, which I didn't know, or even when I put the prototype on them the first time, it fell apart. So he's standing there like a model, and Donna's sewing it back on him, and he's just laughing at us. And it was it was kind of embarrassing, but, I mean, it didn't look perfect. It had some nicknames from multiple people. <laughs> <laughs> Even I use them in my presentation, but it's all right. And, yeah. He said the worst. He said the worst looking is always the best that's used. Or I, don't know, I wore today. I don't know. It's kind of like in my head. But yeah, 
he never Sometimes the best looking design might not be the one that works yeah it, yeah and that's how yeah there we yeah. go it was it was interesting mm -hmm. the whole straps i kind of just drew things up thought they looked cool or <laughs> put well, it together we pull random kids out all yeah. that were about now about the size, size measure them. Measure them and we get the wrestlers most of the time, measure their neck, see if it fits, too tight, next one. Sure. Yeah, sure. it's kind of awkward. They didn't like me that then, but I didn't really care. <laughs> you got the job done. Yeah, exactly. Well, and, and Matt was an ed educator too, yes. so I'm sure, uh, you know, part of probably the impetus for this project was. Uh, you know, not only to get something that worked for him, but to also kind of give you a very authentic problem mm -hmm. to solve. Um, uh, you know, as as an educator myself, you know, those kinds of things are so valuable over, you know, any kind of uh, anything else you can do in the classroom if you've got an authentic problem that can be solved. How many, um, I guess, how many uh, prototypes or, or uh, models did you actually go to him with that kind of got... Uh, maybe politely uh, thrown out. Um, I remember when Donna brought um, her joint to, like her hinge idea to him. He was worried that um, it was made, hers was made of polyester and a nut with a screw, right? A bolt and a nut. Yeah, bolt and a nut. And um, he was worried that it would wear, like the polyester would wear over time because the nut held the held a brace in p place, and yeah, that's he. It was essentially a friction fit type mm -hmm. of a hinge, um, and that's where we kind of used the visits. We would try to do a bunch of work, have him come in and evaluate it to guide us for the next stretch, mm -hmm. and that was you know, the first time was just kind of to get to know each other, what his wishes were. The second time on the Halloween, we had three backstrap ideas, uh, and two of those were <clears throat> essentially book bags that had been kind of mutilated. Five dollar uh, book bags yeah. from Walmart. Yeah, one dollar. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, and, and again, Matt was, you know, given everything he had gone through, very positive, mm -hmm. very grateful, uh, and you know, he, he would tell them, this one just doesn't feel right, mm -hmm. and so we would try to ask questions about, okay, so you don't like the overall concept or the things that you do like, like the, the chest straps, we had all kind of ideas, because of, with only having one hand, and we thought about buttons, we thought about magnets, we, and we finally came up with a little hook, hook and loop that he could maneuver with by by himself and and so that those were the times and the girls can probably have different memories than I do but those were the times when you really saw that your work was meaning something because mm -hmm. you know he he was there to, to in his mind it was going to be something he was going to wear for probably mm -hmm. the rest of his life and mm -hmm. um, I don't know if you guys have any other memories of of those days when he came in or not well when we would work on multiple projects and give it to him he would put one on it would lead to questions put another one on lead more questions and another one on and lead more and then we'd kind of mash those questions together and then it'd lead to more inventions in our head more ideas i don't know different designs 
like the two main backstraps that we made were put together in his mind and then was made and it it seemed to be like the perfect fit for him which I don't know how I thought of it Mm -hmm. but he put them together and we made it and I think it worked the best Mm -hmm. I think that was for everything else too he would take one idea and put it to the nether, to a different design, mm-hmm. and it would make the final product. Mm-hmm. So, and um, I mean, uh, since then, ha- have you kind of thought um, a little bit as to the the future of this project? Or uh... ideally, we would like to find or come into contact with somebody who needs it, mm-hmm. and and if needed, adapt it to them. Um, there, there are different places. Ohio State has a school or office of innovation and technology, which at some point I would like to try to contact them and, and see. The end came pretty quick. Mm-hmm. Um, Certainly, none of us. I know I never thought that it would end like this, mm-hmm. but uh, no. I mean, it's truly uh, now just a, a waiting game as far as you know, getting our message out to the public. And hopefully, being help, it would help sure. someone. And and have you had chances to kind of present this idea um, out, you know, outside of the building, obviously outside of kind of the community? Um, Donna Riley and I went up to Dayton Community College. Was that it? Sinclair Community College. Yeah, community College. And um, we presented for the Project Lead the Way, and we had multiple people coming up, like. To me, there's a few college professors that came up to me saying that his college students wouldn't have ever been able to do this. They want to take ideas. People wanted to follow us on this website that they wanted us to make. They wanted to follow the story, which I think this will never really end. Mm-hmm. It'll always be with us. It'll mm-hmm. always be out there. And I think that it has a lot of opportunities to grow still. I mean, it might be over for this section but mm-hmm. like the, like one professor said I want to take this idea and make it a bluetooth and connect it so it mm-hmm. could be a mind and not like through the brain neuro, like mm-hmm. neuro and not exactly by arm movement mm-hmm. or one said that he wanted to connect it to this I don't know he said like robot something and have that control it mm-hmm. they always want to grow on the like starting thing and I think that will always continue. Well, and, and the and the lessons learned. I mean, obviously, for sure. Uh, you know, no, no matter what. Uh, and that's my takeaway from this is, you know, I would have tried this project by myself. You know, Matt was a good friend of mine. I was mm-hmm. going to do what I could to help him, but I was very glad that I had good people to help me do it. It wasn't, you know, I think that was the hard part for a lot of uh, these guys was the fact that everything's kind of come easy. Mm-hmm. And this, <laughs> nothing seemed to come easy here. Mm-hmm. It was uh, rather challenging all the way through. And, and for me, just to, to have the confidence to want to tackle something, you mm-hmm. know, we, we'll, we will always have adversity in our lives. And hopefully they can take this experience and, and draw from it and, and be productive citizens. And do you feel like kind of this project has uh, kind of garnered any interest uh, among other classmates? I mean, are there are there other students who have, are kind of wishing that they had maybe gotten on board with this, or or have now you know, maybe gotten into some some STEM classes and things? Yeah. I 
know a lot of people asked me about like what we were doing with it and they were so excited to hear what was happening and whenever we'd get something done they'd want to know what happened and they'd want to try it out and they wanted to try the brace on so it kind of excited them about it and mm. I think it made them want to try STEM too a little bit more. It had its own fan base basically because there was always followers trying like Donna said trying to figure out mm. what we were doing <laughs> trying to help us as much as they can. Our, no, our class Ellen Guard's class had a lot of exposure to the project mm -hmm. and they had their own ideas from some of the, like, we had a visitor come in talking about what she was using because, what is she, quadriplegic? Quadriplegic. Yeah. And a friend of mine, which is in the group, she's not here today, but she thought of the wrist idea because he wanted one. We weren't focused on that, but she thought that maybe we could use that one. I don't know how it worked, but she always took notes from, I think, everyone to mash it up together. Yeah, the, the guest speaker we had was a quadriplegic, had some sort of a tool that she adapted to her wrist so she could eat and write. Okay. And at that point in time, Matt really, really wanted his wrist to be able to be secured, and we hadn't even got to the elbow, so we were <laughs> kind of in our, over our heads, but Morgan was the one that came in the next day and said, I think that something like that could work for him so mm -hmm. the kids that weren't kids that are in this the, the, the foreign language group that didn't get picked there, there were some some sore feelings that <laughs> but the way i explained it to them was i've basically had two years of a job interview you know, i had them in sixth grade had them in seventh mm -hmm. grade i sure didn't want wasn't going to pick people who i were going to be Non-productive, yeah, yeah, or problematic, or mm -hmm. whatever other adjective you want to use. Um, so, like I said, we we asked them to sacrifice, and that that was the fulfilling thing. That's when, if you thought that you know, working with a group of thirteen, uh, you know, different personalities was tough. I mean, I, I, I can imagine that expand that to twenty, twenty-five. Yeah. <laughs> we might not have uh, uh, gotten nearly as far with the project, but and that's where I tried to stay out of it as much as I could. But there were times, I mean, it was not always a happy place. It, we, you, know, you read articles like in the paper and you hear, and it all sounds sunshine and butterflies. But it's, it, there, I mean, that's where I kind of said, okay, you guys are more focused on this. Go do your thing. Well, and watching a 3D printer for six hours would probably lead anyone to kind of, you know, nerves would get a little uh, afraid. So, so I don't blame you for that at all. I think this project didn't, like, we learned a lot about ourselves as people. Especially me, I think I grew a lot this year. Um, I struggle a little bit with anxiety. Well, not even a little bit. Like, Sorry. like a, a lot of it. Okay, <laughs> listen, I struggle a lot of it with anxiety. Well, you're a good <laughs> company. Don't worry about that. <laughs> Yay! And um, I really conquered a lot of my fears. And, like, I couldn't even talk to someone without, like, freaking out. Like, I, I stuttered a lot. I couldn't think properly, like... My mind was just racing. I'm like, oh my goodness, they probably think I'm weird. But I, I, um, yeah, I presented at Dayton and, um, I faced my fears and that, I think that's what really, I think that's what really helped push me towards, um, pushing myself out of my comfort zone and, um, because not only, like, that kind of, pushed me to realize that I'm stronger than I really thought I ever was. Um, I can, like, just from that pro that presentation, um, 
I could talk to people a lot easier and present my ideas because a lot of people like commented on it and said and told us like after we were done presenting about how poised we were for a bunch of eighth graders and it was just really nice hearing the positivity and it made me really realize that I could do anything I really wanted to do no matter how anxious I was I like anxiety I might have anxiety but anxiety can't have me well congratulations yay thanks for sharing that and I think too, you know, when when you are kind of afraid of those sorts of things, having having something that you know kind of backwards and forwards uh, helps because it's one less thing you have to worry about, and <laughs> you're not making it up on the spot. Um, so I'm sure kind of having a, a common a common ground to share with people um, helped too. So yes, congratulations. I learned how to like overcome obstacles more because there was a lot of obstacles we had to come overcome and like problems that didn't have solutions. We had to make solutions to them and there wasn't exactly a right answer, which is so hard sometimes because you want to like, I don't know, I always want to like get it perfectly right, but there's no perfectly right answer. So you have to work and try to do your best to do what you can. And you just can't ask someone, is this right? Because they really can't answer that. Even a failure it's, you know, school is kind of supposed to be where you make mistakes and, and kind of run into those failures. It's a safe place for those kinds of things. Um, and, and, you know, you kind of said that even even in, with a failure, you know, you, you learned something from it. You, you know, you learned uh, kind of where to go from there and, and how to kind of overcome that, which is, which is really great. In my personal opinion, um, life is everything. And it's wait, I will reward <laughs> <laughs> Life is everything. No. Okay. I I had this in my mind, I swear. God. This okay. This is gonna be so profound. Caitlin, you, you go ahead, take it. I'll wait till last. I'm gonna write it down. Probably. <laughs> I got this. Think about it three times before you say it. <laughs> okay. My okay. Um all of us are good and loud with our friends but to be honest we all get pretty scared when it's time to present to someone we don't want to do it mm-hmm. especially in language arts when we have to present we want to be last or mm-hmm. find someone not to present to <laughs> and i think this project kind of made us like everyone said over like over obstacles and kind of open up i know i'm kind of loud and i'm kind of weird but i will be honest this has opened me up a lot more which is kind of terrifying to some people but i think it's for the better mm-hmm. well i think at school we all get so caught up in the grades and that was that's a big thing for me like grades isn't everything like we learned that with this project did i take i'm so sorry if i took it <laughs> you're really close <laughs> okay i'll stop but no continue go ahead um i guess we just have to get over that it's not all about a grade like it's about like who we talk to and who we help and everything so um life requires experience literally this project has brought us a lot of experience to just apply to our everyday lives like to get a job you need to have experience but to get experience you need to have a job but this this gives us experience as in using knowledge that we've learned previously to apply to something that's actually um practical in real life um, I'm interested to see where the next four years go because, again, the culture in our building and in a lot of buildings is what number mm-hmm. is behind that course that you're taking. Is it a good mm-hmm. grade? Is it a bad Does grade? Does it go towards you know, your requirements? And a lot of smart kids get scared of failing or not doing well in their eyes. 
and so they don't do things that they maybe want to do or uh, are very capable of doing because of that fear. So I hope that this, you know, again, do your best. You live with the consequences. Uh, you know, whatever happens, happens. Um, but there's a heck of a lot of potential, and just really honored to be part of this group. So. Well, you've got a good group of students. I can, I can t- tell just from this conversation. I think this project kind of let us push boundaries. You can't do that in school or you'll get in trouble or something will go wrong. But with this, you can push as far as you want. And mm-hmm. If you fail, you fail. If you do something bad, you do something bad. And Matt was never against us pushing the boundaries. He wanted the mm-hmm. like out-of-the-ballpark idea. He came to us with, like everyone said, he wanted everything. And we try to give them everything, so we push the boundaries, try to push our minds further than any test has ever made us, I think. Mm-hmm. Just realize that there's nothing guaranteed, and we don't know when something will happen that'll change everything. So we should always give everything our all and not try to realize what's important in life and what really isn't, and mm-hmm. what we're told is important and what might really be. I mean, we ha- I didn't care if the kid was on drama club or basketball I mean we were one goal Mm -hmm. and I think through a lot of this some people that normally wouldn't socialize with each other have Mm -hmm. um, hopefully become friends but at least able to kind of get over that middle school stigma of not that person's different than me I'm not going to talk to him or associate myself with him and here to be part of this you didn't really have a choice Mm -hmm. like I said multiple things that were benefits sure um, well I think I mean that's kind of what's great about the integration of STEM into so much of the curriculum is that you know you can be on the drama club and be interested in engineering and mathematics and it's not like two things that have to yeah or you can be failing mathematics and be be very good at at the engineering side so yeah uh, I think for all of us there's benefits we don't even understand them yet sure uh, sure we just i think we all wish it would have lasted a little bit longer and mm-hmm. uh, kind of saw it to the end most of us are used to being like perfect quote-unquote perfect oh my gosh that was essay yeah i was gonna state that oh my gosh wait um we just did a i'm sorry go no go <laughs> no, no. Oh. please we're always used to being perfect for this there was no perfect mm-hmm. There's, but there wasn't any bad either. I mean, you're completely in between. Yeah. You can't be bad. Your parents can't get mad at you, but you can't be perfect, so nobody can love you. Mm-hmm. It's just you have to do you. And either worked or didn't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which you know, as as the two oldest people in the room here, you know, life is rarely perfect. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in fact, striving for perfect usually just ends up uh, uh, causing you unnecessary stress. So. And you can't learn. That was the essay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we just got, most of us got finished with a, an essay for honors next year. And it was, we were supposed to analyze a quote from Mark Twain. It was, um, I won't let schooling interfere, interfere with my education. education. Mm-hmm. And, um, like, in, in my personal opinion, education isn't strictly from school you you get educated Mm -hmm. by the experiences in life as I was trying to say um and this has really just educated us in ways that we wouldn't 
like be able to experience if if we hadn't had the opportunity to do this. Here we go. This is something we couldn't learn from a textbook. Yeah, yeah. Or from a classroom subject. We just this is from all our ideas coming together just to help someone. Right. That we'd never met before. Yeah. And we weren't prohibited by like the requirements of trying to meet the teacher's perfect expectations to get the best grade. It was just kind of us trying to complete the task. Mm-hmm. And it was wonderful when uh, Mr. Brown would give us feedback. He he wouldn't scold us or anything. He would just he was very optimistic about it, but he was very straight honest. Up. He was straight up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> he just make fun of us. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. We have other tactics for you know <laughs> and getting I think, our points across, right? I think it also helped that the subject was a real person instead of just. Oh, there's three people here and three people there, but you're never going to know about it because yeah. it's in a textbook. Mm-hmm. No, this was you met the person, you knew what you were doing, and you knew that you were helping them because you met them. Mm-hmm. And that's we we presented to the Board of Education in April, and Matt's wife and son and mother and father came, and we had a nice little reception afterwards, and uh, that was the message from... Mr. Brown, Matt's father, was mm-hmm. that you know, we they provided Matt with a lot of hope in his final months because, mm-hmm. like I said, he trust me, he was figuring out he loved to remodel stuff. He had that list set up and <laughs> how he was going to use the brace to help him get things mm-hmm. accomplished. I really hope you enjoyed that conversation. I didn't want to spoil it for you, but I loved how it evolved from a very straightforward discussion of a classroom project and then addressed the reality of working with others, overcoming obstacles, conquering your fears. At several points, I know I got chills. Not all 13 students who participated in Project Right Angle could be present for the interview, but the names of all of them will be in the show notes for this episode and are available at educreators.org slash podcast slash episode four. My apologies for the noise quality, especially in the first 10 or 15 minutes of the interview. Add this as one of the laws of the universe. Even the most seemingly quiet room will have something humming nearby. An air conditioner, a vent, or in this case, a refrigerator. As always, if you liked what you heard and would like to be updated every time there's a new episode, visit our show's page on iTunes, linked in the show notes, or subscribe using your favorite podcast player. And if you really enjoyed it, give us a five-star rating or share the episode with your Facebook friends or Twitter. And finally, if you felt especially moved by the story of Project Right Angle and would like to honor Matt Brown in some way, I will include information in the show notes to help you make a donation to the Garrison Matthew Brown Scholarship Fund, named for Matt's son, who was born just last October. Thanks again to the students who participated in Project Right Angle and agreed to talk with me, and to Brandon German at Maysville Middle School. Until next time, I'm Corey Rausch, and this has been the Educrators Podcast.